The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. and another great show today. we got my co-host, T. Jackson. Terry Jackson, you there? I'm here, love. How you doing? I think everybody know what I just say. T-Jack, T-J now. Everybody, oh, that's Terry, you know? <laughs> right on. Well, Terry, we're going to, I mean, you're going to kind of limit what we talk about today because we're supposed to have on a day. And to all the listeners, we're sorry, but uh, he was only going to be able to do 15 minutes, but next week he's going to do the whole hour. So I don't kind of want to talk about, you know, what we want to talk about with him next week. Is that all right, Terry? That's good, man. So that way we can get in good with him, you know, because he wants to talk about, you know, the the two new rookie quarterbacks, Andrew Luck and Griffin, and you know a little bit about, you know, the Tebow thing and all that. But so, yeah. kind of we limit what we talk about today. You know, we got you and me today, T. All right, brother. So, but next week we're gonna have a really great. I mean, every show is good, Terry. Absolutely. You know, so you know we get that in next week and get prepared for. One of the great shows, like to say, Matt, even Matt's girlfriend is a big fan of him, and so, <laughs> Emmett, watch out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, I want to start off, it's kind of, you know, um, I think we hit it back a while back when we talked about all these players that, you know, want to renegotiate a contract when they still got years left. You mm-hmm. know, my thing, you know, when I ask you, do you think it's fair, you know, what I'm talking about is uh, Marcus Jones-Drew for um, Jacksonville. Um, he got two years left. He want to renegotiate. Now, before you start, I want to say, you know, if you look back at uh, Matt Forte of the Bears, when he wants to renegotiate his contract, and he only had a year left, I think. Uh, but, you know, he went on and played for the team. He's like, oh, we're going to take care of you to play. And he ended up getting injured, you know. Mm-hmm. Is it fair for these players to do that? And the owners, you know, what do you think? Well, you're always going to be taking a chance of getting injured. We know that. Injuries are part of the they They always have been. Um, and that's just the way that is. Um, but, again, I still think that if you sign up for a contract for a certain period of years, you've got to play that contract out. You should. Um, unless there's some special circumstances that, you know, you guys can agree upon that say, and the, and the two of you, the team, you and the team can say, okay, well, maybe we should look at this again. But barring anything like that, I just don't think that you should be able to come in and say, you know what, I've got two years left on this contract, I'm making so much, uh, I think it's time we renegotiate. Um, I just, I have an issue with that, love. Uh, I, I really do. Um, and especially if we're talking about, well, because I might get injured or we're afraid of this, we're afraid of that. 
Um, we know injuries are a part of the game. They always have been. Um, but I'm, you know, again, I, it, this is my opinion, and I have, I have never been put in that situation to where uh, I've signed a five-year contract and in the three years I want to renegotiate it because of. I, I don't know why these guys, what their reasoning behind it is. If it's because they think they're worth more money, if it's because they felt that they, you know, were the top five in rushing or top five in receiving or whatever the situation may be, I know that you don't hear a lot about the linemen renegotiating contracts as much as you do about our running backs, our receivers, and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I still think that once you sign that contract, you need to play it out, see what happens. Because if you're still productive at the end of those five or seven years, whatever you sign, then I think it's time to renegotiate. Then I think you can look back and say, look, this is what I've done. I've gradually gotten better every year. I've caught more balls. I've rushed for more yards, whatever the situation is. Um, and you can have something to, to bite onto. But I just don't think that you should be able to time out. Let's renegotiate. Uh, no, I don't know if you've been listening in and listening to the question. Uh, Eric Glover, you there, Eric? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. San Diego, but the question was, I talked about Marcus Jones, Drew, or the players that got contract years left on there and they hold it now. Do you think it's fair for them, Glove? Well, you know what? It's, it's one of those situations. I, I agree with what TJ is saying, but it's one of those delicate situations, right? You should honor the contract because that's what you signed as a player. Hopefully you got enough money up front. Because, you know, what's in that actual five-year contract is not guaranteed. So it's one of those delicate situations. Should they have to play out the rest of the contract? Yes. But the market changes, the team changes. You know, situations change. So, therefore, because of what they've done production-wise, they see fit to want to renegotiate. Is it right? No. But if they can get away with it, should they try? Of course. You know, what What has the team done to better themselves in these three years or four years? Have they been going in the right direction or is the team on decline? So you got to take everything into a com- you know, in, into the equation. But, but the bottom line is what TJ said, yes, he should have to honor his contract. But then here's the flip side. It's not a guaranteed contract. Exactly. You know, exactly. if he's not producing in those three years, the team can cut him. You know, so if he's not producing, they'll let him go. But when he's doing well or above or beyond the call of duty, it's not like they're going to go in on their own and say, hey, you know what, you've been doing well, you know, you've been pretty much carrying the team, let's renegotiate. No one in the NFL does that unless you're a quarterback. And and what TJ said is right. Linemen don't ever, they're never disgruntled about their contract because the uh, 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 uh franchise know how valuable a lineman is. You, you think about these linemen getting these 80 and $90 million. They're not getting them up front until recently. They're getting them after five years or six years once they become veterans. So it's just one of those situations. You know what, though, Eric? Terry didn't mention the other side, like you said, the flip side. But you got to look at, too, like what you said, and Terry only went on the side where he said, you know, the contract should be earned. But the flip side is, like you said, Glove, look at the Matt Forte. You know, if I go at a regular job and I'm producing better than you and, and Terry, each year my numbers are better, you know, and I'm bringing the company money, why shouldn't I get a raise, right? If my, You know? 
Yeah, but, but like Terry said, and I didn't mean to cut you off, TJ, sorry. But like no, you like said, you have to honor your contract. But guess what? In, in, in the grand scheme of things, there's no honor amongst Steve. And I'm not calling the owner Steve or the player Steve, but think about that old cliche. There's no honor amongst Steve. So say you had three good years, led the league in Russia, and you still got two years left on your contract. Do you really think an NFL owner is going to be like, you know what? He's had three good years. He's in the middle to the bottom of the pay scale. In good faith, let's go get his contract and bring him up to, up to current with the top five running backs. An owner's not going to say that. You know what he's going to say? I'm going to let him ride out these two years, and, and, and they're going to think from a negative standpoint, I'm going to see if his numbers are going to diminish in these next two years. And if they drop off, then he's where I want him for negotiation. Terry? That's the business part of it. I mean, and he's exactly right. That's the business side of this. Um, and, and that's what it is. It's a business. So, and I, granted, we can, contracts are renegotiated all the time. You always hear that, uh, whether it's in, in, in sports or whether it's in business. You know, somebody's wanting to renegotiate this or renegotiate that because of whatever reason. So, but again, that's the business part of, of football. And the, like you said, the owner's going to be like, well, no, let's, let's, let's get all we can get out of this guy paying him what we're paying him because that's going to put money in my pocket. Um, that's just the way it is. Yeah, but you look at it, and, and Glover, Eric, y'all guys know, you see it with the NFL, you know, they say it's not for long. It can end your career one day. You know your your skills are not going to keep going up in the NFL because they're going to be injury nagging. You're going to slow down. You don't you slow know up after the years go on. It don't happen in football. Basketball it might, but football you just don't keep going up because there's so much you get slower, somebody faster. There's more nagging injuries. Am I right, guys? Absolutely, but you know that going into it. You can't use that as an excuse to say, okay, well, since I might get injured this year, uh, I know I've got three out of five years done. Uh, I need to renegotiate. I, I think that's wrong. You can't use that as an excuse. You know, see, it's like this. You're talking about drones drill. See, my thing is always be it, be it life in general, be it sports. Working, a working class citizen to somebody playing in a major sport. I'm always under the – my thing is get as much as you can while you can. So, so do I have an issue with him trying to jump his contract? Yes. In the grand scheme of things, yes, because you should always try. Yeah, I mean, excuse me, you should always honor your contract. But then in the bigger picture, the owners don't honor. So, so why should the players be held accountable in one sense and the owners be held accountable differently? See, we always talk about the players not honoring but nobody ever talks about when that player gets hurt and the owner cuts him and he's no longer able to play and now he's in normal life. Nobody talks about that part. They just talk about, oh, my God, here's another one of those athletes, overpaid, high-priced athletes whining about more money. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Drew Brees was in the, in the media talking about he wanted to get paid, nobody said nothing. No one. No one said anything. Yeah, his contract was up, but nobody said anything. But now here it is. We have a guy that's, that's trying to get his worth in his mindset. He thinks he's worth more. So if he can go out there and get it, it's a beautiful thing. 
be camping, guess what? He's just another disgruntled player who's going to play somewhere where he really don't want to be playing, where he don't want to play or to be unfortunate. Well, you got to look at that owner, too. The comment he made was, hey, I don't care what he's doing, we ain't paying him, you know. You want to get on this train, get on it, or take off. And he's feeling that, hey, the, the people don't care. And that's kind of what you made me change my mind, Grub, about this. Is when you were talking about LeBron. I couldn't stand LeBron. I thought what he did was wrong. But like you just said, Grub, if you can get it, a player, go get the money. Right there? Right. But here's the thing. How come we don't hear about this stuff at the end of the season? Why do we always hear about it around training camp time, preseason time? Is, is, it seems to be the major time that, that these guys want to hold out. When do they think about renegotiating their contract? We don't usually hear it during the season, you know, or shortly thereafter. That's another problem or issue I have with it. And maybe it's because they don't want to go to training camp, or maybe it's, you know, because this, that, or the other. But I find that kind of odd, too. What do you guys think about that? What was wrong with it when Brett Favre did it, right? What oh, mean? I agree. Hey, I and, and that, that, thank you, Jason. That's who I was going to bring up. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But you are right, TJ. You're absolutely right. Veterans hate training camp. They honestly hate to go through training camp. So you're right. Most guys do have issues to try to get out a couple of weeks of training camp, try to come in that third, fourth week of training camp. It's, it's always training camp time. You're right. It's never in the off season. But but here it is again. Brett Favre, like LeBron James, kind of sort of had the not the country, but had Minnesota and had the NFL and the networks in suspense. Is he coming back? Is he retiring? What is he going to do? So we're going to give him ten million. And his first comment was, "It's not about the money. I don't want you to think it's about the money." So what did Minnesota do? They upped it to fifteen million. And oh no, no, it's not about the money. Remember. But then when it got to twenty million, somehow it became about the money. You know, now he signed, and it was never about the money. So when he signed, and it wasn't about the money, why he didn't get half of it back? Right, and, and, and we're, we're 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 dumb if we think it's not about the money. It, right. it is about and, the money, and it's always and then, about the money. And then and the other and the other side of that is this right here. And I don't mean to cut you off, but the other side is this, and and you hate the goal ratio. But you have to name a black player outside of LeBron in basketball in the history of major sports that did what Brett Favre did and he's still playing today or still have an opportunity to play. You know, think about how they're talking about uh, Drew Jones this morning because he still has two years left on his contract and he wants more money because he's unhappy because he feels he's underpaid. Think of all the negative comments that everybody's saying about Drew, Drew Jones right now. Oh, he's a whiner. Oh, he's this. He needs to finish out those two years of the contract. The owner's saying either you better get on the train, which to me, I took, yeah. it, I took it differently, the whole little train comment. But he said you either need to get on this train or the train's going to leave without you. Yeah. What were you saying, sir? Yeah, uh, you know, and, and I do agree with that. The thing that, that, that got me about the Brett Favre thing is this, is that, you have to have a team that's willing to put up with that, first of all. Um, and Minnesota was. Um, but they they allowed Brett Favre to do those things, okay? They allowed him to do that. Um, 
Minnesota allowed him to hold out or to wait or, or whatever. Um, then he goes to, what was it, uh, the Jets? Um, yeah, with the Jets. It, then he goes there. I mean, those teams allowed that stuff to happen. And, I mean, you can call it black and white. You can call it uh, or whatever you want to call it. But they allowed that to happen. They allowed that to flourish. Okay? Brett Favre was in control over all of that. For whatever reason, I don't know, because it didn't pan out for either team. Well, it, and that's the key thing. Talk about that with what you said. They allowed it, but what, like Glover said, what other player that you might say black that was allowed to do that to hit the same talent as Brett? You know, there's no other player thing. that was allowed, black or white, other than Brett. Yeah. Exactly, that just had the same talent as Brett that couldn't get away with that. You know, but now you have a Marcus Jones Drew that can count the number. He had the number one yards and rushes, rush, running back. Why he can't do it? You know. Here's the thing. We're, talk, we're talking about black and white, and Brett Favre is the only one we can name. I don't necessarily know that we meet that. We meet that I, don't think you, talking, I don't think you're talking about black and white. You're talking about talent. You know, right. we, we won't put it as talent because Brett Favre is a great quarterback. Marcus Jones Jr. is a great running back. He's on, but, you know, let's, let's take a break, and then we get back, we're going to finish this. But you're right, Terry. We, you see the... You know, people label it as race, or they label it as talent. All you got to look at, you got to look at just talent and what that team and owners got to put up with. So this is James Lovey, and I'm host of Lovey Sports Talk, host Terry Jack, and we got main man Eric Glove from Diego. Is out of that glove? Hey, you know what? It's overcast. It's only 80 degrees today. <laughs> well, we get back. We'll talk about that 80. flagship station for sports voice america sports if you're looking for a radio show about boxing you usually can't find one until you stop by the voice america sports channel tune in to outside the ring with former world lightweight champion and u.s olympian david diaz we'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters we'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time outside the ring with david diaz airs every thursday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel are you looking for the ultimate trail to hike maybe you're looking to do the ultimate backpacking adventure whether you're a day hiker or an all-out backpacker, be sure to tune in to Backpacking America's Trails with host Rob Maureen. We'll explore some of the most fascinating places on Earth. In addition, we'll talk about backpacking gear, including reviews, safety tips, and more. Our experts will share recipes, destinations, and skills to make backpacking the most enjoyable experience for you. Listen every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 
time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Oh, this is Jay Loving back with Sports Talk. We're loving that Sports Talk with Coach Jay Jackson and Eric Glover. Well, you know, guys, when we were on break, we were talking more about this Brett Favre. What are you guys feeling toward that what Brett was able to make Minnesota put up with, and they did, and no other players can do that? Why is that? Well, I, first of all, I don't think that they let Brett Favre or that he made Minnesota put up with anything. Uh, I think that, you know, I think they were willing to do what they did. Um, and that's the difference, I think, uh, between Brett Favre and, and some of these other guys, is that some of these teams aren't, aren't willing to put up with that, you know. Um, but apparently they were, uh, for whatever reason. They wanted Brett Favre. They felt that they needed to have Brett Favre in order to have a successful uh, season. They, they're, they're sending um, who's, their outside, who's their defensive end. Um, they, they, yeah, they, they, they're sending guys to talk him into coming back and playing. They wanted Brett Favre. I mean, it was it was all about Brett Favre. So evidently, they were willing to do whatever they needed to do. Okay. So for Brett to say, well, it's not about the money, and and they say ten million, and he says it's not about the money, and they say fifteen. I think that speaks for itself. So well, well for me, you're absolutely right, TJ. For me, it was it was this. What what had happened a year before or two years prior to? They had edged closer and closer. To, to Destiny, which was the Super Bowl. And so the, the year before, they had Tavares Jackson, who had took him to the, to, to the divisional game, and they lost. And so in, in their mind as a franchise and as coaches, they figured there's only one guy that was retired at, at the time that could get them over the hump, and it was Brett Favre. So they put in their mind they're going to do whatever it takes to get that guy in uniform because they figured that was the piece of the puzzle that they were missing. So when it turned into the whole circus, see, once once you join the circus, it's hard to get out. So when they were going after Brett Favre, it became a point where it became an ego thing. You know, we're not going to let him control it, but he controlled it. Mm-hmm. So they were willing to do it at that point, and once he seen that, after, you know, the coaches flying every other day or every other week, teammates are flying down at, you know, Mississippi every other day, every other week, everybody, the city flying into it, the state flying into it. So after he figured he had that hook in their mouth, which is Brett Favre, he figured, hey, they're willing to do whatever it takes to get me here. Because we don't know what the conversation has been positive or he string, he strung along the team and the association and the NFL. When he knew all along 
he was coming back because he wasn't ready to give it up yet. So, so I just think for me, it was wrong. But who am I to say what's right and wrong? But the outcome is what they got. They went to the division game the year before without Brett Favre, twenty million dollars left. This year, when he was the year he was playing, they went to the same place, twenty dollars less in the hole again. So I mean, so what? After all was said and done, it did no good because they ended up in the same spot, left the circus. Let me let me ask you guys this: You you say Brett is talent. Marcus Drew Jones, his talent. Was this, uh, is this starting to become the player got to have a bigger name or the talent? Because of his threat of his name and what he does for a team as, as a quarterback. Okay. Marcus is number one running back. Why he can't do the same thing, you know? So are we looking at the person's popularity or talent? Well, first of all, I think running backs are a diamond dozen. Okay, you can get you, you're going to get a running back anywhere, but you're not going to get a veteran quarterback who has been in the league as long as far as has been in the league. You're not going to get somebody who can come in and understand uh, the, the offensive schemes and, and, and knows uh, a little bit about the offense. That's that's something that Terry, no you know you can't win with all the great running back, right? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. We're we're, talk, we're, we're comparing these guys. Okay, or you're asking if it's the talent or if it's the name. Okay. okay, I don't necessarily know that it's either. I think it's the position. Okay, what I'm saying is, you look at the quarterback position and you look at the running back position. Obviously, they've got somebody that they can put in there and and and, and do a half, uh, you know, half decent job. I'm assuming that's what they're thinking. Uh, at quarterback position, it's just altogether different position. So, in my opinion, I think it was the position, not necessarily. Brett Favre and, and, and Maurice Jones Drew. I don't think it was talent or or the name. Well, well at the at the end of the day, it, it's a combination of both, but more so. You got to think in terms of if if you're a quarterback, you're the, you're the focal point of the team. Like like Terry said, running back come a dime a dozen, but a, a real good running back doesn't. I mean, and, and are we at that level with Drew Jones? How many how many years have he led the league in rushing? You know, you can't you can't come in and, and want to be the dog or the top dog, and the last five years you've only led it once or twice. Whereas these quarterbacks have been playing at a high level, or there's guys playing at a high level every year for five to seven years. Now I'll throw you a little one here. I'm not a big Brett Favre fan. I think he won a Super Bowl, but if he was supposed to be as great as he was, he would have won more. And and I'll argue a few other quarterbacks with you. You know, people keep talking about these great quarterbacks and elite and, and all these other things. And I don't mean to go off the subject, but I'm I'm not so – I think Brett Favre was done five years before, and he just extended his, his career an extra five years because toward the end – his numbers declined and his interceptions went up, but nobody talked about that. In, well, in the last I put myself years. out there because I, I, I agree totally with that. I totally you know, agree with that. And, and with what you guys are saying and what we were talking about earlier, see, he gets the opportunity to play an extra five years at 60, 70%. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A running back in the league 
if if he's not rushing for a thousand yards to fifteen hundred yards, if if the last three years he's only rushing for five or six hundred yards, I guarantee you he won't be in the league three years. He may get one year. You follow me? Or he'll have yep. to take a pay cut where we're paying this guy max money and his numbers have declined. So is there a little imbalance in the system? Of course it is. You know, well, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because I kind of, you know, like you say, don't want to change the subject, but that's, that's some good that you went into that. What are elite quarterbacks? Everybody keeps talking about Dan Marino. He haven't won no no Super Bowls with me, and I don't think, you know, like you say, Brett should have won more if he put in this great thing. So they talking about every time this quarterback elite, um, Eli Manning, you know, Peyton Manning did more than him, he more more, did more Super Bowls, but they made Eli better than Peyton. You know, I don't see how, but, and then they come with this thing, Tony Romo. What is an elite quarterback, you know? Can you guys explain that? Well, an elite quarterback is whatever people think an elite quarterback is. <laughs> you know, you know, I can say you're elite, Terry. You go hard you and, and I score. You know, all the Super Bowls, I mean, it just depends. Um, I don't know what an elite quarterback is. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I know what a good quarterback is. I know what, uh, you know, what, 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 what a decent quarterback is. An elite quarterback could be anybody to that team. Um, but to put someone up there on that pedestal, um, I don't know what you need. I don't know what the criteria is. The criteria of the Super Bowls. Is it passing for the most yards? Is it the passer rate? I, I don't know what makes the league. I'm assuming that it's something over a period of time. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm with you on that, TJ. I, I, you hear all these guys talk about elite, elite, and they only have one Super Bowl. You know, elite, elite, and there's guys out there with two and three Super Bowls, and we don't call them elite or retired elite. But I only said that because I got to change the subject one more time for you guys. You know, I'm a subject changer today, and and this is only for this is only for loving, TJ. I was having a conversation with somebody this morning, and we we're talking about the current affairs of the NBA, and we keep talking about how Michael Jordan is the greatest, the greatest of all time. And we keep saying you're judged by how many championships you, you win. And I'm only changing for a hot second. Bill Russell has 11 championships. Nobody never talks about Bill Russell. All we talk about is Michael Jordan. So with, 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 with Michael Jordan being the greatest ever, what would that make Bill Russell with 11? Those different times of basketball glove. Defense, <laughs> there's no name, no game. Come on now. You can't go there and say, that's what they're trying to say now, LeBron. No, you, you put LeBron in the age where Michael played, LeBron wouldn't have ran against no um, Lakers defense like he's doing. Or he would have went uh, down the middle against the Detroit Pistons. They would have knocked his butt over. Am I right, Terry? Okay. LeBron uh, you know what? You, you, oh, you know, it's a different era. But you got to understand what kind of player uh, LeBron James is. You don't see very many... You know, six eight players uh, weighing two fifty, two sixty, built like this guy, as quick as this guy is, and they can play. You know, all the positions on the floor. Uh, it would be interesting to say the least. People, they didn't come down the lane. You see, Michael Jordan was well, jump shot because he kept tired of going against Detroit. In the you know, they were knocking him over, right? Yeah, but Michael Jordan was athletic. He wasn't as big as LeBron. But and my point he, is he this. My point is this, love. You keep talking, Michael Jordan. And you just brought up Detroit. When Michael Jordan started winning his, his championship, Magic was 10 years in. Isaiah was 10 years in. All those guys were older. So who did, 
who did Michael Jordan really play against in the NBA to win this championship? Name some superstars for them. Name uh, Barkley. I tried this guy. This, Barkley was old. Barkley was fat. No, I, I'm, I'm having this debate with a guy from Chicago this morning. I said, name five teams with superstars that were the caliber of Jordan or less. Meaning with Magic one hand. No, let me stop. With Magic one hand, there was Bird McHale and all them in Boston. There was Elijah Wan, all them in Houston. The Knicks had a team. Reggie Miller, all them in Indianapolis. See, I can go across the name teams. When you talk about Michael Jordan winning his championship, name some players that were playing. There's a lot. Isaiah was playing. Bird was playing. They were older. Reggie Miller was no. Older. Anyway, we'll get back to the football subject. Go ahead and ask another question. <laughs> Go ahead, Terry. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is what was what back to what we were talking about. Um, I, I think that the position had a lot to do with the Brett Favre thing more so than anything. Minnesota needed a quarterback. They wanted somebody in there with experience, somebody that could – you know, had a grasp on the offense and, and so on and so forth. They didn't want to restart over. Um, and I think that's why they put up with what they put up with with Red Far. Uh, now we're talking about Maurice Jones-Drew. We're talking about talent. We're talking about what makes an elite quarterback. You know, that situation was different. But as far as the elite quarterbacks go, um, it, it just depends on what what the criteria is for someone to consider them elite. And again, that is I don't know what that is. So, <clears throat> and to, and to help you out, love, you're absolutely right. Earlier, you were talking about Marino threw for a gazillion yards, gazillion. Only went to the championship game one time, never repeated. But doesn't get talked about in that conversation. Let's think about Elway when he first when he was in Denver. He was a winner. He was a comeback kid, but he didn't get over the top until. Terrell Davis, and they put some puzzle pieces around him. So we keep calling these guys elite, and we keep calling these guys these great quarterbacks, but all of them had great personnel around them. You know, when when Joe Montana was winning in San Francisco, he had Dwight Clark. He had all those guys, Roger Craig in the backfield. T.O. was a rookie. You know what I'm saying? He had all those good guys. Uh, Johnson, not Johnson, I can't think of Taylor, you know. When when Steve Young came and took over, guess what? He inherited a team from Joe Montana, you know? So it wasn't like the team dropped off. Joe Montana went to KC. They won some playoff games. Steve Young won in San Francisco. When Aikman first got in the league with Dallas, he wasn't winning. Then they got Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, Jay Novacek. They got all those guys, and they started winning Dion. Charles Haley, they got all those guys, then they started winning, you know. So let's look at, we're looking at the quarterback position, but let's also look at what we're talking about, the running back. Back in those exactly. days, the running back's job was different. Nowadays, you can have two or three backs in the backfield that'll do the same thing that the one guy did years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, Derek and, and Terry, y'all talking about that, but ask me this, you always hear people talk about, you can't win a championship without defense. Before it was, you can't win a championship without a running back because you can't keep passing the ball. you got to grind the ball. You know, now you can't win without defense. But you know what? You need a running back because if you're going to keep passing, 
you know, you got a team like Daryl Rivas, you got to have a running back, you know, that's going to run the ball that you, you can't pass on the team. So that's you're right. It's, it's dime. You're right, though, Terry. Running backs are dime a dozen now. Yeah. The team feel, hey, we get anybody in there now. We don't need the Absolutely. big names. But that's why football is such a key game, though, because with all those all those things that, that Glove was mentioning earlier uh, with these quarterbacks and, and, and how they were winning, uh, we also got to remember they had some pretty decent defenses as well. And Thank you know you you got to be able to stop the ball in order to get the ball to have those chances to win. Uh, the Broncos had a good defense when Elway was there, and and the Cowboys had a good defense when Aikman was there. I mean, you know, defense does help, and, and it's all it's all mixed in together. It's a whole team game. That's why I get really irritated when we start talking about these elite personnel quarterbacks and and what makes them elite. Um, because certain certain things dictate certain things, you know. Uh, if 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 Elway's defense uh, wasn't holding these guys to keep them within a score or or a field goal and winning, he wouldn't be considered the comeback kid, you know. Um, those are the things we got to think about and take into consideration as well. Tell me this, Lover. I have a question for you, Terry. What makes a great defense? A great defense is an offense that keeps that defense off the field as, as much as they can. Am I right? That's true. Yes, sir. Yes. But yes and no. That's because, because here it is. When when Baltimore won their Super Bowl with um, the kid from Fresno State that was the quarterback, their, their offense was never on the field. Their defense was on the field the majority of the time. And with what you guys were just talking, talking about. about Dilford, Trent Dilford. Yes, Trent Dilford. So their defense is on the field a lot. They just had one heck of a defense. And and what you guys are just talking about, when you're talking about Dallas winning the Super Bowl, let's talk about Charles Haley. Let's talk about the secondary they had, which you guys already mentioned. When we're talking about San Francisco, think about it. Charles Haley was also on that team when they won the Super yep. Bowl. But then you got those interior linemen. You got Ronnie Lott. You know, you got those guys. When you're talking Denver's defense, when Elway won, they had – Mecklenburg, Simon Fletcher, and um, Tom Jackson, and Dennis Smith, and all those guys. So when you're looking at these teams that want, and I'm only coming to say, because last year Tebow got all that recognition, mm-hmm. and he pretty much made himself a career, and, and nobody ever talked about the great defense that Denver had, nor that heck of a kicker that was kicking 70-yard field goals. But all we heard about was Tebow. So it would be interesting to see – He's with New York Jets now. It'd be interesting to see how well he does with the Jets because their defense, and, and like I said before, it's a circus out there in New York. So it'd be interesting to see how well he plays and how well that team does because of what's going on in that organization. You know what? We're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the glove. I want to talk about, too, with you and Terry, about how the times are changing with these teams. Like, we always had to... Pittsburgh team great and the Dallas team. Now it's starting to change. The different teams starting to become better. So we're going to take another break and we'll be back in two and two. That's like the love connection. Be back in two and two. (laughs) Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back with host of Loving That Sports Talk with called TJ. That's his name, Glove. We got... Glove, come Eric Glove is Glove, so Glove. I guess that two and two is funny. <laughs> you leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but anyway, I want to talk about what you said, Glove. You, you brought up and you mentioned. I wanted to say this on the air because I want to get your reaction. And plus, Terry, because see, I'm already going to talk to Terry about the change around Dallas. But anyway, well, you said look at Baltimore when they won. They cause yeah, but well, my point what I was making when the offense keeps the the defense off was. Trent Dilfer never made a mistake to get that defense back on the on the field real quick. Am I right, Terry? So he didn't yeah. do nothing that spectacular, but he kept you know maintaining you know three. He wanted three and out all the time. So that's why I'm saying that uh, offense will want to make that defense great. You know, you say Trent, but Trent didn't. You know, if you look at other teams, they get the ball back. Defense get a good play, get the ball in offense, fumbles or throw stuff. Defense right back on. They get tired. Is that right? Yeah, to a certain extent, but that's, you know, when you get three and outs, um, that's all you can ask for from the defense. You know, I mean, that, that's a great series right there. A three and out. You can't, you can't do any better than that. Um, just because they push the ball downfield and, and, and you get a field goal, that's not successful. You, you stop them from getting a touchdown, but you can't do better than a three and out. And, and Baltimore did. They got a lot of three and outs. 
Look, here's here's the thing with Baltimore that year, and you can go back and look at their statistics. That year, when they had Trent Dilfer, you're absolutely right. He wasn't doing a lot. He didn't have a lot of turnovers. You're absolutely correct. But on the other side, you're right. Offenses can help defenses as well as defenses help offenses. But what you have to look at is this right here. They led the league in takeaways. They were intercepting the ball. Linebackers, DBs, remember Ed Reed and all those guys. Ed Reed led the league in interceptions. He also, I mean, interceptions. He also led the league in interceptions, return for a touchdown. But so that means Baltimore's defense, not only were they taking the ball away, but they were converting them into points. So you're right. Offenses can help defenses, but it also makes it easier on the offense when your defense is scoring points or multiple points in the game. You know, we always look at it, oh, it's a great game. And then the kicker kicks the field goal and wins by three, and the quarterback gets all the recognition because he drove the ball down. The kicker kicks a 30-, 40-yard field goal, but it goes back to the quarterback. Now, if the kicker misses that field goal, it's on the kicker because the quarterback put him in a position to win, and he couldn't finish the job. Or if the defense, they kick the field goal and make it, now the defense gets back on the field, and they go down and score. Now it's back on the defense. So, you know, you're right, but you're not right. Well, well how's that? Because if I'm a defensive player, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're a defense glove, you only, when you get off that field after busting your butt, you want to rest. You don't want to come back in in three plays. You, if your offense like Trent Diffie, just keep moving the ball down, you know, play after play, you get, you know, and, and get you time to rest, that's better for you because in that fourth quarter, and you always know that, guys, when they hold up that four, for four quarters, that's when you're most tired, you know, but if your defense ain't going to fail that much, they could be more active. And that's what Baltimore was, that was so good, you know? Look at those teams that when they score, first play they score, defense right back on the field, or they get a touchdown. You see the defense get mad and they get tired and tired, tired, and that's when the game get lost. But but oh, you played love. Go ahead, Squirrel. Oh, okay. You played love. You played love. And think about this. How many times were you in a situation, or when we played together, how many times were we in a situation, or if you just watch sports in general, where they say, you know, hey, hey, the defense needs to score a touchdown. Hey, hey, the defense needs to make a big play. Hey, 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 uh, come on, come on, D, let's go, D, let's go, D. You know what I'm saying? It's always based on, hey, come on, D, let's Let's get a big play. Let's get a turnover. Let's blah, 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 so we can put our offense in a situation to win for us, be yeah. it three points or seven points or something like that, because the offense wasn't as productive the first two quarters or three quarters as they should have been. So now here it is at the end of the game where Phil go out or we're six points out, you know, and we can still win the game. So now, hey, let's go, D, let's go, D, let's go, D. So, yeah, it, it goes hand in hand, but the bigger brunt to me, because I play defense, falls in the hand of the defense. Absolutely. And, and how many times do you, how often do you hear, well, the defense did their job, they got the stop. Or the defense did their job, they got the turnover. You know? Um, now it's up to the offense. Now they've got to score. Now they've got to get in field goal range. I mean, you hear that a lot. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, Glove. I agree with you when we, you know, probably that year we had that good year at Wyoming. You know, there was times where the offense, we weren't doing nothing. The defense came up with a big play and scored. 
you know, and that got us, you know, but you're right. But I, what my point is saying is, you know, and Terry, you know it, when a, when a team at the end of the game and they want to run the clock down and keep the defense, to, if they're going to get the last ball, get rest, what do they do? They get a ball to the running back, right? You're just eating up yards and the time, right, to get a defense some rest, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. You're off. Go ahead. No, I was agreeing with you. I said you're absolutely right. Toward the end of the game, when you have a lead, you want the ball to go into your your possession, your possession-handed guy. You want to give it to your running back and try to pound out the clock, pound out the clock. But then here it is again. On the other side of the ball is the defense who needs to stop to put their team in a situation to try to get the ball back. But, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Where you started the conversation, it, it, it all goes hand in hand. I don't, I don't care. We could argue until we turn blue in the face. A quarterback's important. A good, good, solid running back's important in this game. A sure-handed receiver. It, it all goes hand in hand. Good linemen. They all, not one part is better than the other, nor more important because, you know, they all need each other in order to go forward. Well, look, well, I, I kind of want to wait to talk about Dallas with Evan, but since, you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't think you're a Dallas fan of Glove, but, you know, no, we seem to, are you that Glover? No, I'm not. Good, good, but Terry seems to think, and I've been looking at, you know, people talk, you know, you hear all the people's sports and blah, 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 but I kind of see it for myself, you know, and we know what Terry probably thinks about Glover, but I kind of see that, is this Dallas last Rahu? Because Dallas seems that every year on paper look great to go Super Bowl, but they're not doing it. Is it Tony or what? But well, I was trying to tell you these teams like Pittsburgh and the teams that when we was growing up they always had win and go. And, you know, I started to see them fade on. You get these new teams that are like you know Detroit now. You get um, Tampa Bay that was good and all these other things. Is this Dallas last for off? They don't do none this year. You want me to answer first, and then I can let Terry have the rest. Yeah, it is right here. <laughs> Romo, Romo's a bum. Thank he's you, Glover. That's the first thing you said in this whole, yeah. He's a bum. And, and I only say it because Dallas should have won Super Bowls years ago. Dallas have had teams on paper. They've had strong defenses, and they've had offenses. And and I put him in the bum category with uh, Mark Sanchez with the New York Jets. Bum. Liner, bum. I can go through the bum squads that have had good defenses and good offenses to win games, but it all starts with the owner, Jerry Jones. He's the ringleader of that circus. And then all them other circus clowns and the rest of them, they bring in the Dallas and, and per- perform under par. Same thing like New York Jets. Uh, the owner is decent, Johnson from Johnson Johnson, but Rex Ryan, bum. Then he got all these other bum and circus clowns running around New York saying they're football players. So it's like this. San Diego Chargers, same thing. Phillips River, bum. Now, he could throw the ball, but guess what? When it comes down time to a big game and that's when you make your name, that's when you get all your accolades. That's when all three of those guys disappear in the playoffs. Bum, bum, bum. Go ahead, TJ. <laughs> they did not perform. They did not perform uh, from the from the uh, quarterback all the way down to the defensive backs, all the way down to the receivers. You're absolutely right. They had talent on paper, very talented. Um, you can call it spotlight. You can call it expectations. You can call it whatever you want. 
But all I know is that two years ago, when they opened that new stadium and they were supposed to host the Super Bowl, that was their time. That was their time to go to the Super Bowl. That was their time to win the Super Bowl. And uh, they blew it. They did blow it. Uh, as far as Tony Romo being a bunk, I have to disagree with you on that glove. The guy can throw the ball. He's a decent quarterback. He's made too many mistakes. Um, and, you know, he, he wasn't a leader uh, at the right time when he was supposed to be the leader, um, when they did have all that talent. And, um, and, and they should have won those Super Bowls. Um, but everybody that comes to Dallas seems to be in the spotlight, and they 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 think it's time to play, and they think they show up and they're going to win. Uh, and and I don't see the grit, the work ethic, um, or or anything like that. They they make they have made mistakes that they should not have been making. They have beat themselves by getting stupid, silly penalties, uh, by doing dumb stuff that they shouldn't have been done. Celebration, uh, touchdown celebrations, different things like that. Fumbling the ball, losing the ball, um, those kinds of things. Um, but as far as these other teams getting better, absolutely. Um, Dallas is an older team. Tony Romo's a, what, seven, nine-year quarterback? I can't recall. Um, he should have won. His time has passed. I, I, I don't necessarily know that, that he'll win a Super Bowl. Um, I'm hoping they will, um, but that's because I'm a fan. But as far as the Detroit Lions and these other teams that are coming up, that were garbage before. It's only a matter of time before they get better. Um, Lions, they're, they're, they're going to be one of the elite teams. They're going to be a team to beat this year. Um, and, and, and a few other teams that, that were garbage that are, are improving and, and are going to be better. So that's just the way it is. That's just the round circle. You're not going to always stay down forever. As long as you're getting draft picks and, 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 and you're getting trades and different things like that, um, you're going to get better. You know, uh, Glove, I think Terry went around, but I'm glad that he did because I sat in his living room and we argued, you know. But um, Tony Romo is a bum because he don't come in through the big game. Anybody can go during the game. Um, then when it's the, the time to win it, he always fall off. So that's a bum. I agree with you on that, Glove. Well, you can call it whatever you want to call it, um, but the guy was what third, fourth in passer rating. I mean, it's not like it don't the matter, because you ain't winning at the um, end. You're right. Hey, he's not winning, and he's not performing. Uh, when when it's time to make the play, he's got to make the play. Uh, but there's a lot of them, like you said, that that aren't doing that. Um, no, every, if y'all want to call any, them bums, I guess that's, you can call them bums. <laughs> <laughs> look, if any look, if anybody can play, anybody can play well during the regular season or when there's no money on the line. But you get you get put in that next category when you get in the playoff game and you win. And since Tony Romo has been there in Dallas, like Sanchez in New York, like Rivers in San Diego, and I can go over through the list, these are all the quarterbacks and the guys that are supposed to be up there. When they get in the money game, for some strange reason, they get quiet on it or we don't, we don't see them. They start throwing interceptions. It's not, only, it's not only the money games, Glove. It's the, it's consistency. You have You're to right. be able to put three or four games together. And none of those quarter, every quarterback that you named has not been able to do that, including Tony Romo. I don't necessarily know that it's a money game or it's an important game. They can't get better consistently week after week after week like we've seen from a Pittsburgh Steelers team or that we've seen from a Baltimore Ravens team or or, or a New York Giants team, they, they're not like that. 
they have to get better. They haven't met that yet. You can see uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles put a, put a good streak of winning games together. Uh, three, what is it, three, four game winning streak they, they put together. Dallas has not done that yet. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some consistency. Hey, TJ, let me, let me help you out. Michael Vick doing that category too. Bum. Can't win a big game. When, when you know what? Say, we got, we got one minute, but we still don't send you that was love. We'll not love that one next week. <laughs> when I say, when I say money game, Sanchez has been in the NFC championship twice. Lost. Um, yeah. yeah. Philip Rivers has been in the championship game. Lost. Uh, Tony Rowe has been in the playoffs and all that. Lost. That's what I'm talking about. Michael yeah. Vick keeps getting these hundred million dollar contracts. He's a bum. But, 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 Glove, we got to understand, Michael Vick is so light, man, and the guy takes hits. And I, I, I don't know about bumps. You guys calling these guys bumps. That man cannot take that kind of punishment. He will not last eight games. Find a way to stop getting hit. We'll see this next week, but thanks, guys, another week. And we'll be back next week, guys, right? Absolutely. All right, have a good one. Love, guess what? Yeah. You're a bum, too. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.